name is Tin. And hi, my name is John. My name is Roseanne. And we are Desire for Holiness. We are three young Catholics ready to share with you our desire to be holy through our stories, our imperfections, and our love for Christ. In the end, you don't have to be perfect to be a masterpiece. God works through our brokenness and puts his pieces back together more beautifully than we could ever do ourselves. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the post notification bell so you can keep up to date with all our new episodes. Hope you all enjoy. God bless. Hi, everyone. Whether you've listened before or this is your first time, welcome to an episode of Desire for Holiness. Today, we are going to be talking about explaining and evangelizing chastity with the Regen Chastity missionaries from the Archdiocese of Toronto. So they are hilarious. They are on fire with the faith, and we are so excited to have them with us today. So welcome to the show, Kim Torrio and Keith Diaz. Ooh. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> oh Ooh. my gosh, what an honor. This is our Oh man, happy to be here. Thank you for having oh us. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining. We are so excited. And as always, before we get started, we have some quick fire questions for y'all. So a quick note on these quick fire questions. They're always spontaneous. Our guests don't know them. <laughs> um, kind of icebreakers, if you want to think of it that way. So the first one is, we want to ask y'all if you know <laughs> any Catholic pickup lines. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, the one about like the rosary, where it's just like you know, oh my goodness. Hold on, let me think about this. You know, hold on. Let me okay. Yeah. I want to mess it up. Give me a second. If you guys can uh, think of any, I have a couple on the go, so I'll, I'll, I for can real. <laughs> yeah, hey, John, you're gonna have to you have to help me out because <laughs> I, I haven't since I since I came back to the faith. I my dating game pretty pretty weak and not to say it was strong back then but, <laughs> but i haven't used i have i don't think i've ever I've used yeah yeah I've, I've heard of one i've heard of one before but it's pretty it's pretty opposite of what we represent Ooh, today I as like chastity that. missionaries like yeah that. don't say it man mm -hmm. don't say it okay so here we go so i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh, there like one about like numbers or like the, the, someone was just asking like, oh yeah hey, man, that book of numbers but then i don't know how it actually goes because you know i'm a woman i should let the men oh. that's why i didn't memorize nothing you know what i'm saying because the catholic right. men right. should mm. be the one initiating that's mm. right man i could make yeah. some something up right now but i don't want to it's start okay. the episode off on a on a wrong foot you know how will we get your opinion i'll i'll, I'll say so yeah, i want to hear you, you, I hear yours. okay Yo, i actually edit, like the numbers one like i remember that wasn't what i was thinking of but i, I just remembered it because you said it now i know do that one so that do, we know do that one? i have like three. Oh gosh <laughs> like three. Jeez, you're ready it's some game bro <laughs> okay um the numbers I was like, hey, girl, I was looking the, at the book of numbers and realized I didn't have yours. Yeah. I mean, that was good. I like that. That was good. Mm. Write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes right now. Oh, my God. We got, we got, we got more. We got more. Mm. Oh, this one. This one. Oh, I actually like this one. Okay. Hey, girl. How many times do I have to walk around you for you to fall for me? <laughs> oh. 
Is that you guys know that? Like... Is that what that one is? Not Walls of Jericho. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's like, oh. It just wow. sounded like a generic, you know, like secular. How many characters we walk around and like, well, okay, okay, I get you, I get you, I get you. Uh, you, you, have to, you have to have your theology, your biblical, mm-hmm. your biblical yeah. game on point to get that one. Yeah. That was, mm-hmm. I, do I say one more? Or should we move on? <laughs> yeah this one only works i guess during lens this one only works during lens <laughs> timely actually no, yeah I have a, couple, a couple that were jingling especially once, once one specific sunday um on palm sunday <laughs> like hey girl oh. it's palm sunday mind if i hold yours <laughs> oh, i like that i like that I'm gonna tell my boyfriend to use it on me and let surprise me one day. Yo, say this to me. There you go. Oh my god. I am I'm so impressed. <laughs> Kim, if, you, if you tell if you tell if you tell him to to ask you that on Palm Sunday, yeah. I feel like you you're gonna you're gonna be expecting it, you know. No, you put no, on your calendar no. today, no. he will ask me. No, that's not what I'm gonna be thinking of, man. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dying in scripture. I'm not gonna be thinking about pickup lines on Palm Sunday, okay? Jeez. In scripture. <laughs> yo. <laughs> John, yo, thank you for delivering uh, all of John, those. No I- Big ups. <laughs> Oh my goodness, John, thank you for delivering those because I'm sure you're also helping our viewers <laughs> more Catholic pickup lines as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, okay. Our next question is if you could think of any song, what song do you think would describe your life? So it's Catholic song, right? Or oh, any, 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 I mean, no, any, any song, any song, any song, any song. Any song any uh, it doesn't need to be Catholic. Any no. song, any song. No, well, like, mm-hmm. I like, I like uh, Heaven. It goes like, I'm not going to sing it. To, <laughs> you're about to do it. You're about to do it. Come on, Keith. Don't let your viewers down, fam. Come on. No, it just goes like, it goes like, Heaven, Heaven is here. Heaven is here. Where Heaven is here in my, in my heart. Heaven is here. Heaven is here. Oh, uh, heaven is here. Heaven is here. Oh, uh, heaven. Uh. Wait, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. But is, is that is that song? I, I'm not doing it justice, but yeah, that would be the song that describes my life. Yeah, always mm-hmm. trying to find those moments when divine meets human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's deep man yeah. i like that yeah. that's, that's my answer i'm just kidding um <laughs> oh my gosh this is so complicated because i'm like i see my life in stages so like i you know in terms mm-hmm. of a song there is something okay can, can i there's a song that was recently released where it was from elevation worship it's called lion it's a very recent song it's like hail hail lion of judah it's like a big like battle cry song you know and to me i find that's like where my heart is right now especially with the kind of ministry that we do my heart is Mm. always feeling like i want to be a channel god's graces and i find with especially with my i I wouldn't say loud but you know i'm pretty loud too big loud personality (laughs) that's when i hear the song lion i'm just like that's like me you know like 
I just hope to declare the Lord's goodness everywhere I go with my big personality. So if you ever not heard Lion yet, recommend. <laughs> that, that's the song. And y'all sang your songs too. You gave us a little, little okay. taste, you know. Regen music talent. <laughs> I love to say Keith is absolutely great at ciphering and rapping. So. Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Okay. Our next question for y'all. It's kind of similar, but honestly, kind of not. What fruit would you guys describe each other as? Fruits. Fruits. Yeah. What? Yeah. Fruit. Fruit. <laughs> wow yo i got it man i got it i got it in the bag actually no okay that's not a good answer hold on let me retract that answer in my head i think i would i would, I would say kim is a mango oh she's yeah yeah sweet the sweet one not the not the sour one thanks man just making sure i don't know which one you were thinking of you know yeah the sour mango you know, yeah, and if you're Filipino, you know, you dip it in the shrimp paste. Oh, oh that's true. What do, you, what do you call that again? Uh, bagong. 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 Yeah. Yes, yes. So, nice. yeah, but no, she's a yellow, the, the ripe mango, the ripe mango, the best ones. Oh, yes. thank nice. you. Okay, my first thought is an avocado. It's an avocado! <laughs> Because, firstly, this guy eats avocados, like, every single day. Every single time I see him, you know, with his meal, no matter what the meal is, he'll always have an avocado. And if I'm trying to think deep, you know what I'm saying? I find that avocados are real healthy. So when you're around, Keith, it's a healthy time. You feel like you're replenished. You feel like you get the vitamins you need. That's how, that's how okay. I feel when I'm around Keith. You know, I feel satisfied. I feel, you know, re-energized. And it's like... It's the needed fats, you know what I'm saying? Not the not the, not the unhealthy fats you don't want. You want to be around Keith. Yeah. Okay, that's so sweet. That's so sweet, Kim. <laughs> Waiter, I'll take a I'll take one avocado, please. Thank you. Oh. She, okay. she she just reminded me. Oh, avocado, no. that's for, an honor. For our listeners who won't see the YouTube video, Keith's at a cafe right now, so he's. Yeah, it's actually like appropriate that he said that. Anyways, <laughs> those were solid answers. I'm a fan. Our next question is, what's your role in the friend group? You know how there's like a mom friend kind of thing? Like what's, what's your role in your friend group? So you mean like missionary group? Yeah, or like however you want to interpret it. Like your missionary group or like outside of that too. Or like in this partnership, there's so many different answers we can give. Uh, yo, let's interpret Keith. Let's interpret it based on like our mission group. Okay? So for those who are listening, uh, <laughs> and there's like seven different, there's, what? There's seven or eight of us, right? Seven, seven of us, yeah. Seven, and then, yeah, plus that person that's always beside Kim that no oh, one else sees. You guys see? Uh, so there's seven of us. And so I'd like to say in terms of my role, man, I'm the kind of weird person who like, Whenever, I think majority of the people in the mission, like, hates conflict, hates, like, confrontation, but whenever there's, like, confrontation or conflict, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, like, I'm so drawn to, like, not to say that I don't try to start nothing, you understand, <laughs> at least, Lord knows my heart, I try not to, but if there is any, like, you know, tension between people, uh, or, like, things we gotta talk about, I'm that person in the group where I'm like, let's talk about it, 
I'm also the person mm-hmm. who, yeah, I want to say that I try to make the team do a lot of things together. So to make sure that we're having fun with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm that I'm the one person in the group who, whenever Kim says that, I look at her weird. <laughs> you like conf- <laughs> you like conflict. It's Tell true. me more. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I would say I'm the I'm the class clown. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. Yeah. Nice. Nice Important role. Important role. It's a vital role. It's a vital role. It's a vital role. Thanks, man. It's a vital role. Okay, no hold on. No hold one else thinks so. Can I just say, too, I feel like Keith's just given one side. I think he's also the listener. I find that Keith in the role uh, as well. This brother's mm-hmm. a fantastic listener and he prompts very well. He wants to get to know the hearts of each okay. missionary. So, yeah, he's a class clown, but the brother deep inside. Underneath that, all that class clown exterior, he loves to listen. He loves listening. There you go. Thank you, Kim. You Thank love you. it. I got you, man. <laughs> our uh-huh. last question for y'all, our last quick fire question is, if your life was a Disney movie, what Disney character would you be? Tiana. I already thought about this. I already did it. Oh, You're welcome. Bada boom, bada bing. That was so quick. <laughs> No, because, okay, fun fact, we had a video for, I think, introducing the missionaries and the original video, it wasn't posted though, the original video was that, Mm -hmm. what Disney character do you think you would want to be or you think would represent you best, and I think of Princess Tiana, this woman is the kind of woman that, you know, works hard on the day-to-day, prioritizes efficiency, productivity, she has a bit of a tough time at times to see the significance of family life and social life. And I, I think that's a huge part of my upbringing in high school, university, where I sacrificed a lot of like family and social life because, again, mm-hmm. I prioritized career. I prioritized efficiency, productivity. Uh, but, you know, the mm-hmm. hope of that story is that she becomes a woman fully alive, recognizing the healthy balance between getting to your aspirations, but at the same time, you know, having good friends around you, you know, sustaining you the go. love life, you know, with <laughs> the family and, and your vocation. So Tiana's mm-hmm. my girl. Okay, I can't relate to well. Her cooking looks a lot better than mine. So. Oh no, Kim's cooking. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I say for myself, I am Nemo. Does that count? Is that picture? Yeah, that's yeah, no, we'll count it, we'll count it, we'll count it. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna lose twenty percent of the listeners now because they're like, "How can you say new host for the?" I'm gonna Google it right now. Wait, is it a like, Pixar? Yeah. Pixar is Disney are together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it works. It works. This is the Nemo. Oh my gosh. Hey, why Nemo? Uh, why Nemo, fam? Nemo, clownfish. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> it's. It, so like I, I, <laughs> it's so easy for me to rebel to now listen to authority. Mm. There's something in me that's just like, nah, man, I'll do I'll do the opposite of that. And whenever that happens, I go on this wild adventure <laughs> filled with, yeah, filled with so many obstacles, but always, always end up coming back to the father. Mm. Mm. Come on, Keith. That's that was good. good. So that this this Nemo count as Disney? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a coward. Now, now it does. John, did you look it, up? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It was released. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it was. Released, it was. We're good. We're good. We're good. 
confirmed. Check. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, y'all. Thank you for those quick fire questions. That was so funny. Oh my goodness. But now we are going to switch gears a bit and open up the floor for y'all to share your faith stories or your testimonies with us um, as much as you feel comfortable sharing. So first, I'm a prompt Kim to share her testimony. Thank you so much. I, I always love giving testimonies, especially when there's no particular aspect of my life I'm called to focus on. I'm like, so which part do I focus on? <laughs> Knowing that there's like many conversions even till this day, you know what I'm saying? But as I want to give more like a general explanation of where I am with the Lord now, I would describe the journey of a girl with a Pharisee-like heart to a girl who adopts this Marian heart, this childlike heart that depends solely on the Lord. So in the beginning of my life, I was baptized as a Catholic and I was drawn to the Catholic faith, not because of Jesus, had nothing to do with Jesus, to be honest. I was just drawn to like the morality of it. I was drawn to law. I was drawn to the rules. Like I was one of that weird kid growing up that actually liked obedience and like discipline mm -hmm. and like the rules and structure that was something that my heart my little heart was so drawn to and so the faith religion was that to me it was my moral code it was for me to grow in greater discipline so my understanding of god had nothing to do with how i see him now he wasn't my savior he wasn't my father he wasn't my even spouse one day he's just simply my authority figure that I was called mm -hmm. to obey. Cause that's was something I was really good at. I was good at obeying my parents. I was good at obeying teachers. And that's what I kind of understood our faith. It was just another authority figure, but the OG authority figure that I was called to obey. Um, so in a sense, I had a very Pharisee-like heart because all I focused on was the law and not necessarily the one who gave the law. But I remember when I was in high school, when I was 14, 15, that's when I actually entered into had an interesting phase of worshiping in the Catholic church, but then serving at a Presbyterian community. And it was in this Presbyterian community where I firsthandedly encountered Jesus in a personal way. I have never encountered Jesus in a personal way until I was with that Protestant community. And I learned from 15 to 18 that like Jesus, he is my savior that Jesus is my redeemer. And that changed. My heart was set ablaze by the spirit. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, I approached my faith though, I, like, like terribly wrong the whole time. It wasn't a religion. It was a relationship. Now, even though that's a good thing, I'm like, praise be to Jesus that I actually encountered him in a personal way. And I wanted to have a greater relationship with him. My Pharisee-like heart still manifested in that. So I had an idea that the only way that I can be close to Jesus is to make sure that I am pitch perfect, that I would only go to Jesus when I am okay. But the moments in where I would sin, the moments in which I would fall, that's actually the times where I would actually go farther away because I would be so disappointed and so ashamed of myself. So that was like from 15, 18 to 19. You know what I'm saying? That's Kim where she only prayed because she wanted to show the father that I'm good enough that I deserve to be at the church because I was able to do all my prayers, but I didn't sin. But of course, I am no perfect human being. I'm very far away from that. So I struggled a lot. The big reason as to why I'm a chastity missionary is because one of my capital sins, two of the capital sins that I have 
is pride and lust. So I struggled a lot during my high school years, struggling with pornography. I had a very unchaste relationship that I was also in. And you can't, you can imagine the turmoil that I would go through where I was trying to achieve what I thought was holiness by myself, but constantly being slapped down to the ground because of my own enslavement to lust. And I was just constantly devastated. And I would be so far away from the Lord because I'm like, I am not deserving to be in front of you. Because I had that understanding of our faith that the only way I can go to God is if I was good enough. But then, praise be to God, I remember a huge significant part of my faith journey that shifted was when I was 19. That's when I went to my first walking pilgrimage under Father Hansu. Shout out to Father Hansu. He's my mentor. He's someone who took me under his wing during the times where I actually went back to the Catholic faith. So you heard that I was part of the Protestant church for a little bit during my high school years. And I made a, I made a decision as I transitioned to university life that I was going to understand why I was a Catholic. And so I went back to the Catholic church and I went to St. Barnabas and lo and behold, Father Hansu was the pastor at that time still is. Um, and yeah, he said that there's a walking pilgrimage. I'm like, I wonder what that is. I signed up. That's a seven day, my goodness gracious, seven days of walking for eight to 12 hours for us to go all the way to the martyr shrine. So that was insane. And I remember in that walking pilgrimage that I reflected on the scripture passage. Uh, I believe it's in first Corinthians where it's like, God would say to St. Paul that my grace is sufficient for you that my power is made perfect in weakness. And I remember when I reflected with that in the Lord, I was stunned because I never saw my weaknesses as anything to be proud of. I always thought that weaknesses was just like the reason as to why I'm so far away from the Lord. But that pilgrimage helped me encounter God's divine mercy. That was the time in my faith life where I learned that the church is not for the righteous, but for the sinners. And that the church is a hospital for sinners, people like me. And that God is actually more drawn to those who recognize their poverty, recognize their weaknesses, because that's when his power is made perfect. When someone is honest enough that like, man, I can't, I can't live without God. And that, that changed the trajectory of my life. That changed the trajectory of how I prayed. I didn't pray anymore because, oh my gosh, I, I, I needed to check off a to-do list to show that I'm good enough for God. No, I prayed because I knew I needed his graces. I needed him in order for me to be free from a lot of my own personal enslavement. And I started to see my own poverty and how much I just needed God. And I think that's, that, that's been a huge trajectory of my faith journey. And yeah, I think just in a nutshell, again, uh, from a Pharisee-like heart, where I thought I was only holy when I attained perfection by myself, God really redeemed me in that area to show me that no true holiness is when you honestly recognize in humility, you recognize your poverty and you come to me, you solely depend on me exactly like Mary. Um, and honestly, he saved me. He saved me in that area because I don't know where I would be if I would still act as if <laughs> I would act as if I am only able to be at the church if I'm perfect because I'm not. So I praise God for him giving me his mercy so lovingly, so freely for being so patient with me. So yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit of my testimony. Thank you for listening.
course. Kim, that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I know there's so many things that we can draw from your testimony, but before we touch on it, um, we'd like to actually ask Keith to share his testimony now as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one, Kim. Praise God. Praise God. My heart is full. Yes. Yeah, so, so I was born in the Philippines, but then I grew up in the in the Middle East, and then we moved to Canada. And I was baptized when I was young, and and grew up in the Couples for Christ community. And you know, since since I was Kids for Christ, Youth for Christ, my, my whole family's a part of it. But then it wasn't really, I didn't take, I didn't take it too seriously, especially as I, as I entered university, I went to Wilfrid Laurier University for business. And at that point I was like, you know, okay, I'll go to mass every Sunday because my, my mom told me to, and she even told my roommate to make sure I go to mass every Sunday. <laughs> and, but, but I was just focused on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to date so many girls. I'm going to just have so much fun while I'm living away from home for university. And that's what I did. And then I graduated. And right after graduating, I started working at a bank. And, you know, I was super, super excited. I was super excited when I, when I first started. I remember, you know, being the new guy, I didn't have that many things to do. So I would sit at my desk and I would wait and I would wait. And I would wait. And I, of course, I got bored and I had so much time to think. And I remember just looking around me, thinking to myself, this is this it? This is it? This is it, right? And of course, like if I if I knew how to cope, if I if I had known how to cope with that properly, I would have maybe gone about it differently. But I got I started getting this this weird feeling in my stomach. And I, I remember that same, that same weird feeling, you know, when I was a kid, it would come home from oh, an amazing vacation and I get home and I, I'd be there at the front door of our house and I would look into our house and I would get that same weird feeling like, oh, home is so boring. I don't want to be here. And I remember that same feeling when, you know, I was in university and be midterm season, but I was involved in other extracurriculars and I just felt like so overwhelmed and I had that same weird feeling in my stomach, but you know, the semester ends and I go home, relax and it, it, it passes. But sitting there at my desk at work, I, I realized there, there were no semesters, you know, this is, I'm like, so this is it, is this it? And so that, that weird feeling grew, it grew, it grew and it stayed with me. And uh, back at home, my, my family, they were noticing the change in my behavior. You know, like I just, I was, I had less energy. I didn't want to do things. I didn't want to get out of bed. And then my dad, so I live in Oshawa right now. And I was working in downtown Toronto. And my dad thought it was a commute from Oshawa to Toronto and back every day. So he, he helped me get a condo right beside my office, literally like 10 steps away. If I look out my window on the 26th floor, I, I would see my building. And I'm like, yo, this is blessed, right? And I thought I'd make me mm -hmm. feel better. And in fact, it actually just made it feel worse because like, I would get up in the morning and I would look out the window at my office building and I'd be like, yo, you got to, why aren't you there right now? You should be there right now. But I, I just couldn't move. I legit could, I, I couldn't move. 
I didn't want my body, my body couldn't do anything. So I stayed in bed. Like I stopped going to work and I would just mm -hmm. keep beating myself up. And like I didn't want I didn't want to, I don't want to go, I don't want to go just do, do anything. I don't, my, my friends wanted to meet up with me and I would, you know, tell them, okay, cool, come through. And then the day of, I would like flop on them, right? I'd be like, yo, I'm not feeling it today. And my, my parents, my parents would come, my siblings would come. They're like looking at me wondering like, what happened to this guy that we, that we, that we, that we know is always like energetic, is always like out there. And I was just in bed, literally just in bed. And I, I stopped going to mass on Sundays and I was actually angry at God. I was so angry. I was like, God, like my life is so good up until now. Why am I feeling this way? Even though I don't want to feel this way, I'm just how it is. And I like bam my fist in the wall and I would scream. I would actually go frantic. And the only time, the only time I got out of bed was to, to pace around my condo, right? To pace around my condo and be like, what's happening to me? What's happening to me? What's happening? What's happening to me? And I remember walking, pacing back and forth, and there was a mirror on a closet. And I remember when I passed by, I turned and I saw my, I saw my reflection and I looked at myself and I snarled. I just snarled, you know, and it was, I, when I look back at it, I was like, yo, that's, that's evil. There was something evil there, right? Like, I remember it's one, one day. I was pacing back and forth and it was, it was a beautiful day outside, right? The sun was shining through the window and I was like, oh, it actually feels so nice. So I, went, I, I felt the sun on my face, like, oh, it actually feels so nice. And I looked down and see all the people in downtown Toronto, you know, like everyone's walking to work, from work, whatever, doing their thing. And I, I remember looking down at the ground and I imagined myself falling, like free falling to my death and I just took a step like I legit like at that moment I, I wanted to do it just because I, I couldn't deal with the pain anymore right I just wanted to end I was like I, I saw no end to it so I still had but I didn't do it thank god I didn't do it and I I, I went back to bed and my dad had, a, had, had come to visit me before and he would like ask me, you'll come see a doctor with me. And I would keep telling him, no, 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 I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And, but then after that, he came again, he asked me a second, like a second time. And he's like, son, please come see a doctor with me. At least do it for me. At least do it for me. And this time, like, I was like, I just, I just, just realizing what, what had just happened. I was like, all right, I'll find, I'll go with you. And so that, that, that night we went to Cam H in Toronto on college street and we were, we were waiting for a doctor to come to come see me and he was talking to my my dad to my sister who was living with me at the time and he came to me he came back to me and he's like keith we're gonna have to keep you here overnight you're you're severely depressed anxious and suicidal and i was like i just agreed you know i was like whatever <laughs> like okay I'll, I'll do i'll do whatever and so my you know my mom came with some toiletries some extra clothes and then Said bye. I said bye to my family. A, a nurse checked my vitals, and then she led me into my own into my own room. But it was it wasn't hitting me yet, you know. I was kind of just going with the motions, and so I lay down in bed, and I was like, okay, this bed's pretty comfy. This is nice. I get my own room. Okay, okay. And and then a, a nurse, you know, the lights are off. The nurse is coming around checking it, checking in on everyone. She like checks him, flashlight on, flashlight off. She leaves, 
And then I hear another patient screaming down the hall, another patient screaming. And and then some nurses trying to calm him down. And that's when it hit me. You know, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm a, I'm a patient at a mental health hospital. Like I've only seen this in movies before, but I'm actually here. And I realized like I hit, I hit rock bottom, you know, like, and and something came to me. I was like, what else can I do? But pray. Something just came to me like pray. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I haven't prayed in so long. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm angry at God. I stopped going to Sunday Mass. I haven't prayed in so long. But again, pray. And the first, the first prayer that came to mind was the, the Hail Mary. You know, and it's, it's like breathing, you know, like you never really forget how to pray the Hail Mary. And so I started praying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. As I prayed the Hail Mary, I started to hope. And, you know, if you haven't felt hope in so long, you see, you, you, you notice well, the hope, you know, like I haven't felt this in so long. I'm like, what is this? Is that a familiar feeling that just kind of like pervades your whole being? I don't mean for that to rhyme. <laughs> and it just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. And, and at that moment, I'm just like, you know, there is hope for something. And, and yeah, I ended up staying at the hospital for a week, <laughs> for a week, but that was, that, I, I needed that necessary. And then I, and then I, I took five months off of work and, and then I went back to work. And then since then, I've just been like reflecting back on like what happened that night, you know, like Mary, Mary had me and if it's Jesus always waiting for me to just like, you know, call out to him. And it went on for months that I wasn't even calling out for help. I was just trying to do it on my own. You know, I, I relied on myself the whole time and I never really had that relationship with Jesus until he had to, you know, get his mom, get his mom to like talk to me, <laughs> be like, yo, mom, talk to him, man. Like, <laughs> this guy will listen to me. He'll, he probably, he, he, you, you're, you're, yeah, you give him your tender, your tender, your tender, your tender voice. And since then, I've always been, you know, turning to Mary. Uh, and she she brings me to Jesus right away, and uh, like I always wonder, you know, like how long will this last? This like turning to Mary, and it's like it actually it actually gives me this discomfort. How long this, until I have to find something else, you know, another solution to to my problems? But every time I call out to her, it's like it's constant, you know, like she's she's real. She's she yeah, Jesus is real. That's just like, and then, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily I don't see her right in front of me, but you just know that she's there. Right. So that's that was that's what keeps me going right now, uh, and, and and it had to take uh, it had to take a, a moment like that, you know, for me to realize that there's so much more to life than what I see in front of me, uh, than 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 my than my own my selfish desires, what I want. Yeah, it's a deeper calling. Yeah, so that led me to, to you know discerning. I, I I resigned from the bank, and then. COVID happened, so like more time for discernment, private prayer, silent prayer, and I ended up with regen because that's something that called to my heart as well for chastity. You know, that's something that I was not practicing back then, and that's what I was yearning for, though. That's what we all yearn for, you know, that true love. So, yeah, that's where that's 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 where I am today. Oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't even know what to say, and I'm a host. <laughs> Oh, waiter, waiter. Oh, 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you both for sharing your testimonies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Your stories, wow. they're so powerful. No. Yeah. I really love that you both were talking about I don't know if you planned it, but both of you like I got the theme of like um not like how beautiful it is not to like to move from self-reliance and to like to move to like to relying on God and how like when you did that God did amazing things in your life so powerful Um, yeah we did not we did not plan that yeah it's just that's next right like I'm just yeah thank you for thank you for saying that yeah it's because like you don't we didn't plan that I mean I think it's just like part of God's plan that yeah yeah like I can't I don't even it's just so inspiring hearing both of your stories like and like your Roseanne's right like you guys you guys had, your stories were comp- like different like in the, in the past but you, you can't you can't you found God <laughs> you you have a reliance like on how important Mama Mary is and how like she can help us in our darkest moments in like in those moments when we try to rely on ourselves too much and like when we know that we can't do it on our own like God is there in the moments when we're at our lowest God is like there even more so and like when we need him the most like he's always there and like sometimes we just don't realize that but like it's so beautiful to see how God's moved in your both of your lives and like to where you are now like sharing your stories to to like our viewers I know we don't have a, a big viewing yet but we will we will <laughs> that's, that's a key word is yes yeah and then uh, God, God willing God, yeah. willing God willing we could go viral for the glory of God yeah, for the all for the glory of God greater glory but, no but like thank you guys so much for sharing your stories like just like not even just for our viewers but just for us as yeah. people who like who want to grow um in our faith and obviously like I know all of us we all have like three of us have a connection with Mama Mary and I, I personally want to grow more in my connection with Mama Mary but I know like Rosanna Tin they've been killing it with Mama Mary I'm nice. trying to get better with that God, uh, it's her. but it's just it's more of an inspiration and I just I'm, I'm rambling on but it was just so amazing I, I can't really come up with the words not much of a talker but <laughs> bro no please man that's Thank that you. that also touched my heart yeah that's Thank that's you. yeah yeah, thank you for sharing your where you're coming from as well. You guys shared your testimonies, and yeah, I wish we had that. Thank but you. you can check out episode one. Of episode one. one. <laughs> Share your testimony. In, in, the, be- in the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> okay. Okay. Perfect. So, guys, thank you so much again just for sharing your testimonies. Now we're gonna get into the what we want to talk about. In this episode, spicy stuff, good stuff. <laughs> Our viewers see the title. You see the title of this episode. This is Let's a banger. Go, right here. This is a banger. I'm excited, and this is like, <laughs> dang, this is intense, 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 intense. Okay, so you guys both like you guys are both region missionaries, and which touch a lot, a lot, a lot about chastity and like that's kind of your main focus as you get missionary so like first can you guys like tell us like give us like a definition of like what chastity is to, for viewers that don't necessarily understand it as well or don't really know what it is mm. so chastity how we would normally describe it to the students so part of being a chastity missionary is to describe the beautiful meaning of what chastity is through the catholic lens particularly through theology of the body a uh, work from St. John Paul II, inspired by St. John Paul II, uh, well, inspired by the Holy Spirit to inspire St. John Paul II, but you know what I mean. Um, 
And I always describe it first and foremost to the students that you can't understand chastity without understanding love. Love and chastity are part of the same coin, just two different sides of the same coin. And chastity mm. essentially gives us a greater freedom. Freedom to see the other person as they truly are and to respond accordingly. How does chastity help us to see in greater freedom? You see that a person is not an object to use. Chastity is the virtue that helps us see clearly that, man, when I look at this beautiful woman, for example, or when I look at this handsome man, this person is not an object that I can consume. That is against their nature. Because they are a person, the only proper and adequate response is love. So chastity, alongside helping us to have a greater freedom to see them properly and to respond appropriately, Chastity realigns our desires with authentic love because we all got those desires, okay? Everybody listening, don't lie to me, okay? You got the desires for intimacy. <laughs> you got the desire to, to be wanted, to be loved for union. Mm -hmm. Those are beautiful human desires that are good. But of course, because of sin, it's very easy for those desires to be distorted. And rather than those desires to be a gift to other people to serve, it can be very twisted to being selfish than using other people like their objects. But chastity receives those desires and purifies them. Purifies them so that with those desires, we can point them towards another person, to a selfless giving love, a self-giving love. So in my, like, not in just my, my opinion, from the church's beautiful explanation of chastity, chastity helps us to get back into the root of what our sexuality is for, is to be made a gift for other people. Not to use others, but to give more to another person, to love better. So that's what chastity is. Amen. My gosh. <laughs> Mic <Mike> drop. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want that. Praise Jesus. Okay, I want <laughs> that. I want that. that. I want that. Me up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you for that very coherent and foundational answer. Um, I know that you, as you're speaking, Kim, you mentioned TOB or theology of the body. Mm. So our next question for y'all is, can you describe what TOB is in the context of our human dignity and our identity? So of course, like this definitely touches on our sexuality, but how does that um, touch on our human dignity and identity as a whole. So not necessarily apart from our sexuality, but just taking in the entire human person. The entire human person. What a what a wonderful subject, you know, to 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 meditate upon. I don't want whenever I think about whenever I hear those words, dignity, identity, it's interesting how how you ask that question because I, I do it brings me to the quest to the other question: What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human? It's a it's such a fundamental question, but but scarcely is it is it asked in this in this fast paced world that we live in. And uh, a question, a tool I like to use for these fundamental questions, these deeper questions, is the the deepest question. It's then the most fundamental question is, is which is why three letters one word right why why like why why do i even exist why or on a more practical level why do i do the things that i do why do i say the things that i say and when we're when we're when we're honest 
you know, we can say, oh, because I want to be seen by others. I want to, I want to belong to others. I, I, I want to be loved. I just want to be loved. That is the deepest reason of our existence, right? To be loved because we are made in the image of God, right? So that's our identity is inseparable from who God is. And now with theology of the body comes into the, to the, into the, into the, into this story, the beautiful story is that love, how we express that love is stamped in our bodies, right? That this is not an, love is not, love, <laughs> if you want to be abstract, oh, love, what is love? But it's, it's right here, right now, you know, like through our bodies, through our sexuality. And so we see the giving, Kim was mentioning earlier, the giving of, the, of one spouse to another, right? This, giving your whole self, that is love. But of course, y- y- we look at consecrated virgins. We look at religious uh, re- priests, uh, brothers, sisters, and uh, they, they vow, they take a vow of virginity. So they're not having sex. So how do they express love? And how I see this playing, playing out is uh, it's uh, through a redemption of our desires Right? Just knowing, knowing the original plan of our, for our bodies. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why Theology of the Body, Kim was saying earlier, uh, St. Pope John Paul II wrote this. And everyone was like, why are you talking about sex so much? Uh, that's scandalous. But it's like, no. I was about to say, no, nah, nah, dude. No, nah, he didn't say that. But it's like, no, yo, fam. Yo, fam. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like right there, right? It's like, and then it's, it's so interesting because people would think, oh, my identity, my, my dignity is, is separate from my body, right? That's like the puritanism. So uh, it's like, don't, don't even, you know, try to, your body is bad. Your body is bad. Your desires are bad. And it's the opposite way that people are trying to escape their bodies out of body experience and things like that, right? But when we are rooted in our bodies, we, we encounter God, right? And, and when we see that, when God became man, incarnation, right? Jesus. Uh, so the theology of the body speaks of, it, it gives us uh, a visible, a visible expression of the invisible, right? Yeah, the theology, the study of God through the body, yeah. And so it, 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 just, it just brings us to, the, to our original calling to love, and that is through our bodies. Yo, that was so Tyler's good. so anointed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, the Holy Spirit really, yeah, because, oh. It's also, 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 also nourished by, you know, the work of Christopher West. Shout out to that guy for summarizing. Yeah, yeah. That really, that really helps a lot. Yeah. I can't share my testimony, but I can say that he definitely, like, he's probably one of the first people, like, hearing the good news of theology of the body is, like, so, like, it really shifts on how to love others. It's like, wow so beautiful yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like with with living out this, like it's so awesome. Like we want to sign up for it. How do you do this practically now? Like you know, so like for let's say living out modesty. Um, that's a word that many people might hear, and there might be different ways that people think of the word. Mm. So yeah, like what is modesty, and how do you do this modesty thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is this thing, and how do you do this thing? Absolutely love it, man. I don't know if you can catch. I love when I have to like. I love debunking things because I find that these two words, chastity and modesty, are virtues that need to be redeemed, that need to be, that need to be not even redefined, but to like for us to have eyes to see what the church has actually taught about it, you know? So I know that as a radical feminist from before, when I used to hear modesty, I'm like, this is subjugation of women. This is, you know, putting all this, all this effort of women, you know, of just us to conceal our bodies because, you know, we, we, we don't want to make the other guys less like that's my problem or like somehow my body is bad. That I have to cover it up. But I just hope that if there are, I don't know if there's some like certain people who have maybe those ideologies of modesty, I hope that I can share a little bit of what the Catholic church actually teaches on what modesty really is. What I love about modesty is that the virtue of modesty informs us how to speak. So not just how to dress, how to speak, how to dress, and and how to behave. So modesty informs how to dress, how to speak, and how to behave out of a desire to uphold the dignity of my personhood. So modesty, first and foremost, wants to act and dress and speak in a certain way to ensure that I am upholding my own personhood. And actually the catechism, I'm gonna get some of my notes over here. You know what I'm saying? The catechism, (laughs) I didn't memorize the specific paragraphs. Catechism (laughs) paragraph 2,524. It says that it is born, modesty is born with the awakening consciousness of being a subject. Now, what in the world does that mean? When you have the virtue of modesty anointed on you, you start to recognize who you are and who are we again goes back to chastity. Modesty and chastity are very hand in hand where chastity helps us to see the reality of who we are. And when we realize, first and foremost, we come to ourselves. When Kim realizes that, oh my gosh, I am not an object. I'm a person made in the image of God, someone who's called to be behold and be held. When I realize that myself, I want to make sure that I'm going to act, I'm going to dress, and I'm going to behave in a way to ensure nobody uses me. Because I recognize, not because my body is bad, but I want to protect my dignity. I want to make sure that I dress and speak and act in a way that I know no one else is going to have a temptation to use me. And why is this important? This virtue is significantly important because it recognizes the fallen reality of our world. Because, you know, I would love to go back to the beginning. Remember how like Adam and Eve, they were naked without shame. I want to be naked without shame. Shoot. I want to be able, come on, who doesn't want to do that, right? Who doesn't want to be able to dress however they want to, knowing that, oh my gosh, my brothers in Christ, my sisters in Christ, when they look at me, they're not going to lust over me. They're not going to use me and vice versa. I want to be able to look at someone and be like, I know for a fact, whatever they wear, I will not lust over them. <laughs> I wish, I wish, 
But that's not where we're at no more. You know what I'm saying? The reality of our fallen world is that there is sin. There is original sin. There is concupiscence. There is the distortion towards goods. Where rather than actually beholding and knowing and reverencing, we end up using. So modesty recognizes the reality of our fallen world and ensures that for myself, I'm going to ensure that I'm going to act and behave in a certain way to make sure that I'm first and foremost protected out of a recognition that I'm so good. Not because my body is bad, but because I'm so good that I want to protect myself and make sure that my other brothers and sisters are also protecting me. And I think the, the benefit afterwards is to be your brother's keeper. I think it's great. You know, I think the benefit is that we're actually protecting the hearts of men and women from lusting, but that's not the primary reason modesty exists. It exists first and foremost for us to uphold our own dignity, that we're responsible for that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I hope, <laughs> I hope that was clear. I hope that yeah. was clear. That was very clear. Praise God. I love it. Mm. Wow. What is that? Um, so like, let's say um, bringing that because you were talking about for modesty, like it, it really like directs how we act and what we wear and just like how we look at others. Yeah. Um, so let's say practical situations, um, getting to all that kind of things, like what would modest clothing, if someone were to ask you, what does modest clothing look like for men and women, you know, or mm. even taking it to like, let's say swimsuits at a pool, like that kind of thing. Like what are things that can help mm. us and guide us when we choose modest clothing? Man. I can't lie. I, so not only am I, I remember I had to really research a bit for this. So I'm getting inspiration from Ascension Presents. Shout out to Jackie. I don't remember her last name. I, oh, Jack. Yeah. I just know Jackie from Ascension Presents. Shout out to Christopher West and Wendy West for even talking about this. I think one of the things that they made it very clear is that you can't apply virtue on clothing. You can only apply virtue in your heart and your intentions and who mm. you are. So I can't say that, oh yeah, that clothing is immodest or that clothing is modest because I have to first and foremost, I don't know what's actually going on in the innards of that person's heart. I can assume, I'm, I like to say I'm pretty good at observing and understanding possibly their intentions, but at the end of the day, I can never know their intentions. So I would like to say, and Jackie even like, she, she gives really great advice where because it's a virtue, you have to constantly discern. What does that mean to discern? You have mm -hmm. to reflect what are my intentions? Why am I, for example, why am I wearing the thing that I'm wearing right now? What's the reason? Am I doing it because I want to uh, externalize how I see myself, the beauty that I see in myself, and I want to externalize that? Or am I doing it because I desire attention from certain people, and I don't, I don't really care what that kind of attention looks like? So in a way, you are actually inviting any kind of attention, even if that's lustful intention. That is where I would be like, okay, now that is a case of immodesty, not because of the clothing per se, but it's because of your intentions, right? Mm -hmm. So my suggestion, for example, is someone's be like, you know, I don't really know if, uh, you know, I want to live out modesty. First and foremost, you got to really examine your heart. And uh, for example, I'm the kind of woman, I love dancing. All right. Absolutely love dancing. You put me in like a, like a, I don't know, you put me into like a, I wouldn't say, I've never been to a dance club, so don't put that. Like, you know, during parties, <laughs> like debuts or like people's parties and like huge gatherings, people mm -hmm. go in the <laughs> middle. Oh my gosh, I love it. 
But guess what? In our culture, at least, there are specific dances within our culture that are that are a little bit, you know, provocative. And I used to love those kinds of provocative dances. But when I used to discern in my heart, okay, why do I why did I dance that way? Why did I dance in certain ways that I knew, at least in, in a lot of different videos, were meant to be provocative? It's because I wanted that attention, even though I wouldn't want to externally say it. In my heart of hearts, I knew that it was immodest because I knew that I was okay with whatever kind of attention, even if that meant that uh, you know, a guy or a girl would lust over me. So the suggestion that I would give to the person uh, who wants to really understand and grow in a greater and virtue of modesty is to really pray and ask the Holy Spirit for a greater wisdom for the spirits of, for, for the gift of modesty, because that's a gift, eh? That's a gift from the Holy Spirit to be aware of that, yeah. uh, to be in tuned with the, the mixed intentions of your heart, to be in tune with the mixed intentions yeah. so that hopefully God willing, the Holy Spirit will purify your heart. Uh, so yeah, that's how I would say, I don't necessarily have like, you know, like, okay, don't wear this. Don't, I, I personally do <laughs> not, I don't like that kind of, I don't subscribe to that. I, I'm more of like, you gotta be intentional because I find that's too easy, you know? Like, okay, just ignore that. But you're not actually examining the desires of your heart anymore. And that's easy to just look at a physical list and be like, okay, I, I don't have this at all in my clothings. No, I want you to look at your clothings and discern, okay, why did I buy this? What was the intention for me to buy this? Why do I dance the way that I dance? I don't know if you like to dance. I don't know. But yeah, those are some of the practical things that I would say. I hope that, I hope that was useful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well said. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I guess that would also like flow into um, how we would act with our friends to like our hearts, like our intentions when we interact with, our, with them. Like, do you also have any practical advice for like, let's say setting some boundaries with friends of the opposite, opposite sex, you know, and mm. just like making sure that it's like it's pure and or like both of you are helping each other grow in virtuous friendship mm. amen oh my gosh i i love that question particularly <laughs> i love that question particularly because i do think one of my struggles again i struggled a lot with chastity i struggled a lot with a lot of impure intentions and i used to have very impure relationships with men uh with my friends i never really looked out for the hearts of my brothers growing up uh, when I say brothers, not, you know, not actual, I don't have any biological brothers. Okay. Don't get it twisted. Weirdos talk about <laughs> my <laughs> friends. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think one of the first things I would say, again, I think you, you have to really know yourself. Well, I know that I would never hang out with a guy, for example, at least I would really push my best to make sure that I'm not just hanging out with a guy, like in a very private space by myself. Um, I know that was something that I did actually that I excused. I remember in high school where I just went over a guy's house, you know, or that was already like immodesty and like impure hearts, impure intentions in my heart that I didn't, it was a very private setting. And then I went to his room and we just watched a movie together. Um, the reason as to why I would not advise that is because again, because nobody's looking, there's greater temptation for you to be like, I can do whatever I want to. I, it, you know, I can do the small things and no one will see. So if you're going to do a one-on-one -on -one with your brother in Christ or sister in Christ, the opposite, you know, opposite sex, I invite you to do it in a public setting, you know, like, come on, COVID times, we're still in COVID, I understand, but a lot of restrictions have been lifted. You can go to a cafe, you know what I'm saying? You can go to the cafe Keith is at, right? Like, 
You can go to any cafe. Just make sure that you're intentional with the space. I find that space is a big thing. Time. This is like the golden key that I love. Time equals intimacy. The more time you give to a person, the greater the intimacy. More time equals more intimacy. I have, I've had to grow a lot in learning the significance. You know, I had to grow in understanding the significance of sisterhood. I used to have a lot of brokenness in sisterhood. That's why I always relied on hanging out with guys. And at first I'm like, oh yeah, I could do whatever I want to. It's like, these are guys, my, these are my pals. But I put myself in a lot of different situations that I knew. I'm like, man, I wasn't looking after myself and I definitely wasn't looking after him because I wasn't paying attention with the amount of intimacy that we were building, right? So I find that really paying attention to time. I, if you spend more time with, up like with guys more than like for example i'm speaking as a woman if i spend more time with guys more than girls then i think that i'm kind of i need to reevaluate my heart like why do i seek i guess why do i seek the, the communion with the opposite sex so much versus the women of uh, people of the same sex as me like is there wounds that i have towards sisterhood because ladies out there who's having struggle time like struggling with sisterhood like it's such a gift i don't know why i waited so long to to capitalize on that like there's so many sisters out there that I know there's woundedness in relationship with sisters, but it's such a gift. It's such a gift. Um, even for the gentlemen out there, I know there are also gentlemen out there who might have wounds, woundedness with uh, brother relationships, but there can be a lot of gifts and a lot of goodness when it comes to being intentional with time with the same sex versus the opposite sex, you know? Uh, so yeah, th those are the two things I'd say. Pay attention to your space, pay attention to time. Because time equals intimacy. So, yeah. Right. Summary of how to be modest around others. <laughs> I love it. That's good. Man, I learned a lot of practical things here that are really good to share with others, too. <laughs> like, to just, like, guys, it's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It's a lot to unpack and I love it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I am all for this. Okay, we're gonna continue on with the big, big questions. Okay, this is, and this is a big one. Okay, so what are some tips like to overcome? This is like a very prevalent thing for a lot of people nowadays. Like what are some tips to overcome like the addiction of like pornography and like sexual sin? Like what are some tips do you have for some people to like that are struggling with that in themselves? Like how can they overcome that? Or like, what can they do? what are some like first steps that they can be start begin to overcome that mm, yes i'm good thank you thank you so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're so weird what timing bro yeah yeah uh, that's um yeah it's, i think it's important to so an analogy though that the Kim and I use during our, our chastity presentations is we say that, that our desires, uh, our desires for for sex, for 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 communion, for love, uh, that's they're good. They're good, right? And we 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 use the the analogy of fire. Fire. Our desires are like fire. Our desires like fire are good in fact they are necessary without fire or our desires none of us would even be alive right now right? but what happens when a fire gets out of control 
something that is life-giving, something that draws people in, uh, it becomes dangerous and harmful, right? So the first tip, I would, I'll, I'll call them habits because I, I, like, I like framing them as habits, right? So that these are things that are, are hopefully easy to remember, but uh, so they're easy to remember so that we can keep coming back to them and build those habits. And uh, the, first, the first one would be to, to ask why before we gratify. Ask why before we gratify. So it's, it's, I think it's fitting how we are in Lent. So, it, yeah, it, we can even talk about sexual desires. Yeah, let's talk about sexual desires. But I'm, I'm just saying that because, you know, we can look at it like a snack, a snack, or if I want to watch my favorite show, or if, I, if I'm looking at someone who is attractive and I, I'm infatuated, instead of going for it right away, instead of get, going for that snack right away, instead of watching my sh the show right away, instead of going for that person or starting to fantasize about them right away, I can take a moment, literally a moment, one syllable, why, why, why? And that is, that is how we enter into the habit of entering that space now. And that's how we delay gratification, right? A single moment just to, just to be like, why? Why do I even want that? Right. Am I hungry for that snack or, or am, I, am I just bored? So I'm just, I'm just eating, right? Or am I stressed? I'm, do I want to watch that show because I'm spending time with family or friends? Or am I just stressed? I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to procrastinate. Or am I trying, why do I want to lust? Or why, why, am I, why am I attracted to that person? Why? And we go back to that original calling, right? For love. Like, yeah, this is, this is how I'm supposed to live my life, right? Like, love is so good. This is what I'm called to. Okay, so now the distortion of that, you see it for what it is. And it becomes, mm -hmm. it becomes less attractive, right? So you go, this, I'm, just, I'm just fascinated by that question. How, how simple it is. Why? But it expands our horizon. Right, that's your perspective. So that is a good first habit to, to, to remember, ask why before we gratify. And I think it's so useful in our, in our culture of instant gratification. And this can make us so powerful, right? So powerful. Uh, it's okay, so that's the first one. And the second one, uh, we can think about what we are feeding into the fire, that fire, that fire within. So if you if you if you continue with that analogy that image of a fire you can add gasoline to it just let it burn you know and you can let, let it get out of control and that could be fun <laughs> you know if, if you're like oh my gosh let's try, let's try to see how big we can make this fire right uh, but it's dangerous it's dangerous so so what's what's gasoline like uh, pornography or masturbation it's just it's it's just you're adding to the fire and you're you're having you're having fun but it's it's easy to burn out, right? And then you're left with what? You're left with what? Ashes, ashes. That's it. It's or we can add things to the fire to cultivate it, to keep it alive but controlled. This if you're at a campfire, you obviously don't want it to get out of control. You're in a forest, right? You're in a forest, so you don't get out of control. So you just you tend you tend the fire. And how we, how we can do this is 
I like I like this a lot. Like whenever uh, you see someone attractive, right? So for example, I'll give you I'll give you guys an example. You know, I, one day I was on the on, on a TTC. I don't know what it is in in Niagara. NTC? I don't know. It, doesn't, it, it basically doesn't exist. Oh, it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's there, but it doesn't. doesn't do horse, it. horse buggies. Yeah. So I was. <laughs> I was <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which I respect. I respect. Okay. But so I was in, I was in a TTC public transit, horse buggy, wherever you are, and and I, and when my, when my future wife walked in, I'm just kidding, future wife, but it's so easy. For me to get like that you know i see someone attractive and right away i'm like oh my gosh she's the one i'm gonna marry <laughs> you know she's the one i'm gonna marry and I, I imagine this whole like fantastic wedding in hawaii and then you know we're gonna raise kids and then one of them is gonna play in the nba one of them is gonna <laughs> be a uh, famous like scientist or something right I, I and i'm in this fantasy world and then i snap out of i snap out of it i come back to reality and i'm like wait i don't even know her name i don't even know her name you see so it's it's so easy to get caught up in what I want that I completely, completely forget about the other person, let alone their name, right? So that's, that's, that's how I can get into. So how, how we, the opposite of that is if you see someone attractive, for sure, there's, gonna be, there's always going to be attraction. We pray for them or we wish them the best, you know, like you, you actually think about what they want. What does she want? What does he want? And in this way, we keep the fire alive. We're just tending to the fire, you know, because we actually grow in pure love, which is love, for love is seeking the good of the other. I really want what's best for them. I don't want to just use them for what's good for me. And we're tending to the fire, and that's how the fire stays alive. And that's, that is the fire that draws people in. You know, you can imagine a campfire. Mm-hmm. It draws people come for warmth. And because we are, we are selfless, now and we actually are are caring more about about other people and that's how we grow in love right that's that's the love that's the true love that we're looking for not the love that just mm-hmm. that you know burns so 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 much and then and then we're left with ashes and then we're left wanting we're left depressed yeah so so the first habit is to ask why before we gratify and and when we see someone attractive to to pray for them to say well, i really want what's best for them and it could be painful sometimes right because it's so easy to just daydream get into your feels but this is more sustainable oh and then you just grow in love oh my gosh it takes your relationships your crushes your crushes to the, to a whole new <laughs> to a whole new level yeah hello Man, you guys have been sharing such good info. <laughs> so first, thank you for everything you guys have been saying, because okay. I know you all have been um, putting a lot of effort into these answers and a lot of love into it as well. So with the different topics that we touched upon, like we talked about chastity, more specifically, we touched on TOB, modesty, and also like overcoming like these inclinations or addictions as well. So we just want to ask, um, how can we share this in a loving way with others? Mm. Because once we come to know 
how good <laughs> these things are within our faith, right? I know sometimes there could be a, um, an inclination to maybe like judge others for not knowing or mm. something. Like you want to share it to help them grow, but maybe it doesn't always come off that way. Yeah. So we just want to ask how we can share this in a loving way. Mm. Well, first thing I, well, I say this, I love this question because I think I, no, I, I don't think I know. I was one of those people that had that self-righteous disposition, you know, when I was saved by the Lord, uh, when there were certain seasons where I thought I was free from pornography, for example, <laughs> which was not necessarily the case. It was just a certain season. Um, I had just this overwhelming sense of entitlement. Like I can judge someone else forgetting mm -hmm. that all that I have is because of Christ. So I think the first step I would say to someone is that if you're going to journey with someone, you better recognize where your source, where those graces came from. That had nothing to do, okay, yeah, you cooperated with his graces. That's good. That's part of the proactivity that a person is called to as a Christian. You cooperate mm -hmm. with his graces. But without his graces, it doesn't matter how many, you know, self-help books that you read. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how many like disciplinary books you've read because without God's mm -hmm. graces, we can do nothing. So the first thing yeah. to ensure that you can share charitably is to, re to remember the times where you were lost, but you were found. Is to remember mm -hmm. how broken you were and you will be and you are without the Lord. Um, especially in this area of, of sexual sins, um, sexual enslavement. So that's the first thing, remember, remember. Uh, and then the second thing I'd like to say is to like, really relate with them you know how do you share mm -hmm. things with charities to relate with them you don't talk down at them you talk with them it's a discussion you listen first i remember man you know praise god for like me being part of like the protestant church for a little bit because i remember there was a book i read man i don't even remember the book but when the book was there <laughs> maybe i'll tell you guys later uh, where it says you know when it comes to journeying with someone i remember when it comes to evangelizing for, for first and foremost and you're journeying with a particular person if you're gonna have an hour i remember there was such a radical thing they said you have an hour with the person you listen for 15 minutes then you talk for the 10 minutes i remember when i heard that i'm like what you know they clearly don't know what's up i need to talk for the 15 minutes and i'll just listen for the 10 minutes but that's again <laughs> self-righteousness that's like man because we have to get to the heart of the person and how will you know mm -hmm. what to provide how will you know what to pay attention to if you don't even know their heart so how do you share this in a loving way well guess what the first part of proactively sharing is to listen so if you have an hour with that person mm -hmm. you better listen you better actively proactively listen to the person um and relate to them you better be open to, mm -hmm. to relating with them because even now, as someone who's a chastity missionary, guess what? I still have that thorn. Remember, St. Paul was just like, you know, the Lord kind of still gave me a thorn. I feel like the thorn still. I feel the thorn. Mm -hmm. I feel the desire yep. to go back to pornography. I feel the thorn. Like, for example, I'm someone who's dating. You know, shout out to my man, Gabe. I love you, Gabe. Uh, there's so <laughs> many temptations nice. for me to, <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's so many temptations for me to use him so many temptations which which makes sense because i love this guy i god willing i want to be you know i want to marry him so i can give my whole self to him right but i know from my own past how i've done that is i've used my significant others and i still have the inclination so for example when we share this with our students the students that we encounter we're very open with 
our past and with the reality of our hearts still. It's like these things still exist in our hearts. So please know that we understand. We're not speaking because we're this self-righteous missionaries who's got it under control. No, 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 no. We share because we recognize, we recognize the, the inclinations in the heart that, that makes us enslaved with our passions rather than being truly free in the Lord. So those are things I have to say. Remember your poverty. Remember where the sources of grace come from. You listen first. And then secondly, thirdly, you relate. You relate, you know, so. That was amazing. Yes. <laughs> I'm such a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Me too. Hey, I'm a fan yeah. of you, man. <laughs> Just taking it in. <laughs> so good. Definitely gonna keep watching this. It's so good. Um, I just okay. Actually, I have a question that I was thinking of as well, um, which I didn't send you guys or like ask. I, I so this might be like an interesting thing, but you know, like for for like growing with others and like walking with our other brothers and sisters in Christ and um, just having like accountability with each other. Um, this may even tie into like the the last question that I was going to ask, um, which we always ask to our guests is like, what are practical ways to grow in a desire for holiness? Um, but also like connecting to that question, like with walking with our brothers and sisters, like what are ways that um, we can help each other also grow in in chastity and modesty and like just um helping each other to be accountable um so because it's like it's just like that it was really beautiful it's not just like you talking to it's not i don't know how to explain that not talking at them is that the right way to say it yeah 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 like you're you're with them you're talking with them it's a discussion so even in, in walking and growing in desire for holiness and just like, and also with chastity, how do we also like help each other and grow in accountability? You know, those kinds of things, you know, like mm. practical ways of doing all that. Mm. Yeah. Kim, you can take it. Oh, wow. Thank you, Keith. Well, first thing that I think of is that the assumption is that you and your friends have already a mature friendship where it's not just about the pleasure. You know, it's not just about the utilitarianism of just like, oh yeah, it's because we help each other out for school. You know, there's a, there's an actual depth to it where there's a, you guys actually want to strive towards something greater and better than yourself. You know, I'm assuming, because if you don't have that, for example, then I'd like to say that you have to really respect the person's freedom. Because even if I, for example, even if I want to grow in a greater accountability, if your friend doesn't want that, then you have to, out of love, you got to respect their freedom. Now, God willing, through the intercession of all the saints, through the graces of God, there will be an openness of your friend's heart, for example, to, of a greater accountability. But that's where you just have to pay attention. Now, if we're talking about friendships where... There is a virtuous foundation where you guys are striving towards that. Then I, one of the things that I love to do is just greater communication of what do you, what do they need? So this is mm -hmm. where I like to apply 
you know how like a lot of people like to give advice for like dating relationships, but not very too much advice for like a relationship for friends. I like to apply sometimes dating relationships <laughs> and friendships because I'm like, we got to know how to how to be better friends. So communication is such a big, important thing because my sisters wouldn't know that I'm struggling with pornography from before if I didn't say anything. And they wouldn't know if we didn't have a good foundation of trust to start with. So let's start with the basics, right? Like, do, do y'all trust one another with each other's hearts? Are y'all open to entering into such vulnerable conversations? My hope is that, yes. I, I, the hope is that you guys will journey in that direction and get to know what are they really longing for? You know, what are they longing for? I know at the time when I was struggling a lot with pornography, I'm like, dog, I just, I need somebody to know. So I'm not alone in this, in this conversation. And I needed mm-hmm. like, I needed to, to have someone to call in the midst of the struggle, but they wouldn't know that until I said it. So the first thing I would say is y'all got to have that communication, but that comes with basic natural things first. Do y'all have intentionality in the friendship? Do y'all actually get the chance to know, you know, how, how's your heart doing? Not just, oh yeah, how's your day today? Like, how's your heart doing? You know, ask those intentional questions so that you can have a habit in your friendship of intentionality and greater trust. Because I ain't going to trust the sister with this brokenness if I don't even trust her. You know what I'm saying? So those natural foundations first. And then from there, I, for example, there's a unique way that I learned that my friend also struggled with pornography. There was an interesting, you know, Christian solidarity where she's like, ah, you struggle with that too? I struggle with that too. Let's try to attain for freedom. Am I right? So I remember my girl and I, when we had those temptations to either read erotic fiction or to watch pornography we would text each other a dinosaur emoji. Now, I don't know why we chose a dinosaur emoji, but we were we would text each other that particular emoji that was a signal that like, man, I got to pray. I got to pray intentionally for the sister and I need to call her. So that was a unique thing that I did. And I remember, ooh, where did I read this? I read this yesterday where, uh, Keith, you remember that apostolic letter from uh, that we read together? The Patrice Corday. Yeah, Patrice Corday where it was talking more of like, you know, men and St. Joseph, but there was something really interesting about St. Joseph being really creative, creatively courageous. And this is where we got to like invite the Holy Spirit to help us be creative. I don't know what this accountability works for you personally, but you better get creative. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. if you are with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is creative. You got to invoke the Holy Spirit, be like, spirit, what is actually a very weird but niche way to ensure that me and my friend We'll keep each other accountable. It may not look like a dinosaur emoji. Maybe that's not what you need. That's okay. You got to discern that. Again, it goes back to hopefully your friendship is founded on intentionality and trust uh, and great prayer from one another. Yeah. So that's what I would say, you know, be creative, be creative and accountability. It doesn't always look like a certain, you know, it doesn't always look like a, a nice ministerial formation. It doesn't always have to look like that. It doesn't have to. Mm. <laughs> creatively courageous yeah i'm gold. still letting that sink in that oh, was so God. good that's what i'm yeah. saying that's, thank you say joseph that's what i'm saying man i'm just like and his feast is in a week too come on Ooh, i'm come like on. yo <laughs> uh, uh, that's yeah. full circle <laughs> my gosh kim praise god this has yeah. been such a good episode we want to thank you guys wholeheartedly for sharing your hearts and for talking about this very important topic with us. Um, With that being said, 
Um, I think we said, Kim, uh, would you like to lead us in closing? Yeah, let's do it. Let's invite the spirit, eh? For all those, I don't know, wh whoever's still staying with us in this episode, good for you, man. Good for you. Thank you so much for the staying good with one. us. <laughs> oh my gosh. For ourselves in the presence of our Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we come to you with all of our poverty. And we also ask that if we're having a tough time to see our poverty, to see our need for you, we just ask for a greater humility and a greater, and with the grace to see our poverty so that we will always see how much we need you. Because we know that once we understand our poverty, we know that we're not just going to you for no reason. We're going to you with a purpose, knowing that you are our savior. You are our redeemer. You are our purpose. You are the one to fulfill every desire that we have. And we just want to thank you and praise you for giving Keith and I, the opportunity, the privilege to encounter three amazing, amazing people, chosen missionaries of your vineyard. Lord Jesus, I just ask that for those who are listening, I just ask that you may continue to, whatever stood out to them in this presentation, whatever is of you, may those seeds that are of you be watered, be fertilized, and whatever nonsense that we have said that is not of you, Lord Jesus, I just ask for your graces to just make them forget. Okay, please. <laughs> I thank you for the gift of each and every person who's listening. I thank you for their life. I hope and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may continue to uh, bless this ministry, bless this, this podcast, so that these three young, amazing people continue to be a conduit of your graces that everything that they do with every planning session, with every word that comes out of their mouth may always be for your glory. And we ask for the intercession of our blessed mother and her beloved spouse, St. Joseph, that you may continue to intercede and bring us to the heart of your son, Jesus. As we pray, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruits of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Holy Family, pray, pray for, for us. St. John Paul II, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy. Thank you so much for the prayer. And guys, there's a lot to unpack here. So... <laughs> Challenges. We usually end with a challenge. I have a fat list. I don't know if I'm going to try to, like, it's, it's overwhelming for me. Probably going to be overwhelming for you guys, but I'm just going to. There's so much. I'm going to, you know, I'll, 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 I don't know. I'll figure it out. Okay. So, um, so some challenges that we have for you guys. Probably a lot hard, probably easier said than done, but we're going to be trying these out this, this, these next couple of weeks. So, like, we're journeying with you guys, the viewers, and mm -hmm. it's going to be a struggle. We're going to struggle together, and that's okay, because we got yes. this. Yes, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. So, first, like, just like in Tim and Keith's testimony, they mentioned Mom and Mary really, 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 really helped them um, in their moments of need. So, if you haven't talked to Mom and Mary in a long, very long time, I suggest just pray a Hail Mary. Or maybe a couple, maybe a whole rosary. You know, whatever, whatever you. Wherever you're at. Oh yeah, wherever you're at. Now, right now, you just yeah, say quick Hail Mary, whole rosary, whatever you want. Find talk to Mother Mary and see what she's got to say because she's a, a our, our very loving mother. Um, 
And let's let's start like now the maybe this week let's start reflecting on like how we've been looking at others like see like let's truly look at others for who they are like start building these good habits that Keith described like ask why before we gratify and he's praying for others when we have moments of temptation just like start using those tips and just be able to recognize um, the beauty of the other person and just the dignity that they have and like the dignity that God blessed them with. Um, and also in those moments when you're sharing, you want to share some of the cool stuff you learned today with other people, recognize where you got the, the graces from, you know, it all comes from God, it all comes up there from first. He gave us the graces, he blessed us with so much information today through human keys that he worked through them amazingly today to give us so many tips. So just recognize where it all came from first and just be able to listen Amen. to whoever you're journeying with, whoever that may be, just take a minute to listen, don't just lecture them. I mean, I don't really like lectures. <laughs> I'm still a student. I hate lectures, um, so, yeah. <laughs> but they, people don't want to listen to lectures either. So just listen and just hear what they got to say. And then just try to relate to them. Just be, meet, connect to them at a human, human to human level and just, just journey with them <laughs> and then let God work through you. Uh, and I think I got, oh, friendships. Think about your friendships, <laughs> your friendships, relationships, and your, how can you help, um, your brothers and your sisters in Christ to help uh, do like the modesty that you're showing or it helps them grow in chastity in like whatever way in this journey that maybe that you haven't started haven't like really thought about it before maybe like start thinking about it maybe have a conversation with your friends and just just go about it and just start talking about it just start communicating like Kim said communication is important just start talking about it and you know God God will work with whatever you whatever you give him so yeah, and then be creative. Find your dinosaur. Mode. <laughs> find there it find is. your, dinos like find your dinosaur. Find your dinosaur. There it is. Whatever it is to help That's keep crazy. each other accountable, whatever it is in your own creative way, mm -hmm. or let the Holy Spirit be so creative in the way you're accountable with your, your friends and your relationships and whatever. Just find whatever that is and let God work through it um, and discern it, pray about it because we are praying for y'all and i know Kim Keith are probably mm -hmm. praying for you guys too yes we're um, praying for them and we're praying yeah. for them and we are yes. praying for them and, i mean yeah that's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff but we can do it we may not we know we will, so we will probably struggle this next couple of months but like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a continuous battle <laughs> yeah it's a continuous continuous battle it's not going to stop but we're going to keep fighting it because we ain't gonna lose. We, we catch no L's no. here. We don't Yay, catch no I like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, got, okay. we got the star player on our side. We got the number yeah. one player. So like, I mean, we can't lose. <laughs> I mean, we can't lose. That was fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. you're, you're evangelizing this whole cafe right now, bro. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Run it. Run it. Everyone's gonna hear this. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, Amazing. Jen, you're thank close you us for off. those. Of course, thank you for those challenges, John. And as we always end each of our episodes, we say or we recount a quote by the wonderful Saint Therese of Lisieux, and she says, "Holiness consists simply in doing God's will and being just what God wants us to be." That being said, that is the end of this episode, and we thank you for listening, ah. and we thank you for joining. Ah. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Thank you. Bye. God bless y'all. Yo, does that for all in